Architects Lounge podcast once again. I'm Chris Briley. And I'm Phil Kaplan. Hello, Chris. Hey, Phil. How you doing? Um, I am really happy at the moment. Why? Is that the cocktail? That's God is causing. <laughs> it's a little bit of the cocktail. It's a little bit that it's that's <laughs> summer. It's finally here. And Thank God. Man, it's taken a long time. It has for us. It's May, little, yeah. one heck of a winter. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, yeah. even through you know June, it's like the 50s during the day, and it's just. I know. Not what the what? What the what? I've been out sailing, working on my tan. No, <laughs> you get a long way to go, my friend. Uh, keep working. Yeah, you got a little sun there. Uh, not enough. No, no, but you know, I I actually try to not stay out in the sun too much because I'm fair, and I burn and will grow cancer on my face if I. No, I don't know. I don't know, but. <clears throat> you know, we are, we come from uh, the Kaplan's are a long line of uh, olive-skinned men. Yeah, yeah. dark-complected, tall, dark, and handsome-ish. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very short, dark, and happy. How about that? That's awesome. Happy is is the best. Who yeah. gives a about this? I mean, oh, who gives a? I just I just got beeped by Sheila. <laughs> I got pe- I've been a while. Thank you, Sheila, for beeping me. <laughs> Um, She's quiet in the background, but we still rely on her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, otherwise this wouldn't happen because God knows you and I don't – we never find enough time to get together. So we could we could stammer on and on about what we do, but you guys want to hear about architecture, so – you, you know what I'd like to hear first about? No, what? This cocktail? This cocktail. Sweet. All right. You know what, you know what we're doing? It, folks, this is a good old-fashioned whiskey sour. Now – this I know you're thinking whiskey sour. I had that, yeah, I had that in college and it sucked. It was you know I had it in drink. college without the sour. Usually we didn't be yeah. bother with it. <laughs> well, then uh, here's the thing: if someone says let's have whiskey sours and and that lemon flavor is coming from a plastic lemon with a green top, mm-hmm. or worse, a pouch with a little mix or something like that. That's right. Sour, don't don't do that mix. because because look over your shoulder because in just a second Big Joey Tuna we're gonna send send over Big Joey the Tuna and he's gonna slap that drink out of your hand. You're <laughs> <laughs> gonna be like, what, what are you doing? You know, be a man for God's sakes. <laughs> what are you drinking like a college student? The sour's mix. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, here's so here's what you do: get some fresh summer lemons. Mm-hmm. If you if you if you're real cocktail aficionado you will make some simple syrup which is basically equal parts water and confectioner sugar or real sugar i kind of for this cocktail i kind of winged the proportions mm-hmm. you know i did all right so if you're mr boston and you weren't into winging i'll tell you exactly what as mr. Opposed boston, to mr briley right if mr boston was actually measuring he'd tell you one ounce lemon juice half a teaspoon of either super fine sugar or simple syrup and two ounces of whiskey with an ey because that's how the europeans spell it Actually, that's also how they spell in Kentucky. So, mm-hmm. and that's what we're that, having. But it's are we having? We're not having bourbon. No, we're, we're having, having whiskey. We're having Jack Daniel's number seven in here. So, I'm, I'm a fan. I am too. It's actually, an old school it's, classic. It's, it's a little great. sweeter than a, a, a typical whiskey. That's right. You can go with some. You, you can, can go with some corn. Jameson, and that'd be very nice in this as well. So, but have fun. But we're all American over here. 
Uh, so that's what we're having. <laughs> I'm sure it's, our it's, lemons are lemons. It's a good are, lemon that's the key. Yeah, yeah. Grew this in my backyard. And the great whiskey just puts it over the top. Yeah. So cheers, Phil. Here we cheers. go. Let's do this podcast. What are we doing today, Chris? I'll tell you what. Don't be an air hole, Phil. <laughs> um, I never would. No, I know. So here's the deal. Phil and I, uh, not or in 2013, we did. We were on the fundamentals track at, at Nessie for the Building Energy Conference. Um, and if you, uh, for those of you who don't know Nessie, because it is a regional thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 It's the uh, the it, Northeast Sustainable Energy Association. Uh, it's and it's a group, and, and we meet uh, annually for a conference yeah. in Boston. Every year, it's a building energy conference, and we just started one in um, New York. Oh, really? Years ago. Be nice. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. B E N Y C, which is right, which has been really wonderful. And uh, I tell you what, the, those are the smartest people I've I've had. You know, I go to those things and I feel like a student again. But I also feel, it's it's a fantastic mix of feelings. Uh, you know, where I feel like I am both a teacher and a student simultaneously, like the whole time. And man, that feels great. It's, you know, um, it's humbling and inspiring all at the same time. And that's, that's the way you walk away from that going, wow, we're, we're on the right track. We're doing the right thing. I'm not alone. These are great people. Anyway, so right. good it's, plug for Nessie. But. It, it is. And it's the, it's the thing that Chris, you and I have learned so much from Oh yeah, that we use in our podcasts every time we come on here. Yeah. So, um, so here we are. We were asked to do a Green Architects Lounge version right. of so, one of our shows for, for, for the Building Energy Conference, which is flattering, and it was kind of fun. Yeah, and it's been long enough that we thought now we can we can put it on the air and just share with you guys. But but basically, it was fundamental, so it's like we're talking about basic things. So Yeah, so today, Chris, we're going to get back to basics. That's right. And we're going to talk to people about our, our 15, 15 yeah. top 10 things not to do. Right. Don't blow these things when you're doing your project, guys. This is this is fundamental stuff. Uh, so don't be an air hole. Okay. So, so let's do this, Phil. All right. So, so the, one of the questions we had was sprout follies. What's a sprout folly? Oh we, yeah. We had, we had talked about this a while back when we uh, had Martin Holiday on. Oh yeah, that's and yeah. They they ca- they called it. Yeah, they said to us, "Hey, can you do like a sprout follies for yeah. us or whatever?" And we said, "Yeah, heck yeah." So, so yeah. So a sprout. I'll tell you what a sprout is. A sprout is someone who's new to this green right, stuff. Right, right. New, because uh, we newbie. Because we all are. We all have been. You and I were sprouts once. But look at us now, big towering trees. It's hard. It's <laughs> no, but it's still breaking a limb every now and then. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Well, it's getting. It's growing old. And that's what it is. I think that is forties. Welcome to the forties, there, buddy. Um. But but basically, when you're a sprout, what you want to be is you don't want to look like or talk like or act like a sprout because, you know, you're just, you, you know, you come off being a, you're like a sophomore, you know, it's like you, you think you know, you're walking around like you know everything, but in fact, everyone else is like, yeah, God, this guy barely knows anything, yeah. thinks he does. But you don't want to be that guy. We don't. So uh, so our goal is to say, all right, here's a number of, uh, of really basic mistakes that sprouts need to look out for right don't be dumb yeah. so so like you know uh you know everyone out there has got a green brochure everyone out there is like a a green person i mean right everybody everybody's website says now oh yeah we also do green yeah most of them don't integrate it in there 
in their practice. Work. They yeah. don't say, oh, we do this in everything. But Oh, you want to do a greenhouse? Oh, we can do a greenhouse. We can do that also. Yeah, yeah, sure. What do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. But, you know, you see, but it's like you also see in products, you know, water bottles. We use less plastic, so we're green. Uh, jerks. Or diapers, or even uh, what was the slide that we had? There's like a there's some big Hummer thing. Right. Yeah. And you know, Citgo could in. be can be green. Oh yeah. We're yeah. Loyal, local, local. Yes. Sure you are. Yeah. Sure, sure you are. are. Yeah. Green. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then you've got the, the the website that has the green tab. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. The the little token. They have a tab here that says they do green. So they must be green. Yeah, right. So we want to we want to make sure our architect is green. So, right. so luckily they have that. So um, but you hear all the time things like, what are they? Oh, like in our slide. I tell you what, guys, we're gonna attach our slides. Yeah, that's should a good, we, do you want to share our slides? Yeah, we, should, these we should absolutely do that. Yeah. So if you see our slideshows, I think we had mustaches. Were we wearing Martin's mustache? I think, <laughs> I think, I think we, we were. That's right. right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm totally remembering now. I'm, I'm we're we're pulling it up while we're talking. Oh yeah, yeah. We we made fictitious uh, a fictitious architectural firm. Uh, Wash it and sponge them. That's right. And curiously, they had a very uh, familiar mustache. That's right. There. Both of those guys, and they said dumb things like, uh, "Our houses breathe naturally." And what else? Oh, look, yeah, you yeah, can even yeah. do this. We're green experts. We use the Leeds system. That's right. They use the Leeds. S. Leeds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still hear that out there. Um, yeah. Well, we all know it's lead yeah. without the S, but whatever. And and we use efficient systems like geothermal and radiance labs. Yeah. Whoa, sure. you're cutting edge, buddy. You yeah. are. Um, you know, we use our, we use SIPS panels. Oh, that's your biggest pet peeve, isn't it? Because <laughs> the P. Because <laughs> right, the P stands for panel. panel so why yeah. do you say SIP panels? Yeah, it's yeah. like saying SIP. It's like saying structural insulated panel panels. Oh, right. Yeah. My brother has the same problem with ATM machines. Yeah. <laughs> Automated teller machine machines. Uh, yeah, but you get the point, people. You know, basically, you want to just... Um, you, you want to use your head. You want to be smart about things. So you you, you want to do the no, yeah. There are top ten things not to blow. Number one, Chris, don't be an air hole. Don't be an air hole. Are we gonna make t-shirts. I think we should. That's our favorite, by if the way. If you want a t-shirt, let us know, and um, I think we're gonna do a little cafe press thing. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll come figure. Up with some... We'll come up with a great graphic. It'll be awesome. The best that you and I can come up with in fifteen minutes of our time. That'll <laughs> be great. But it'll be uh, yeah. Don't be an air hole. All right. So air air tightness in our buildings is is really the most important thing that that we can do. Exactly. Some way, it's the lowest hanging fruit. It is the lowest. Hang- I, I think. I think we've said that many times. That you know, I think typically the uh, uh, average house, twenty five percent of its heat heat loss is through air gaps in the envelope, and so that's honestly that's uh, that's cheap. That's just being tenacious with your air gun and your caulking and your sealing, you know, during construction. But also from a from a design standpoint, architecturally, it's also being very observant mm-hmm. about your details. Yeah, and, and in your details, what Chris and I are both doing, and both of our firms are uh, including a uh, line of air barrier and vapor barrier in our drawings that's in a right. different color. Yeah. Wow. Why do drawings have to be black and white anymore? Well, well, yeah, I know. Well, because the color's more expensive to yeah, print. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> I had, yeah, I had a mechanic. I had a set of drawings for a veterinary clinic that I, you could not look at the mechanicals without it being in color. 
And that boy, did that make for an expensive set of drawings. But anyway, moving on. But it did. It really helped the process. I bet. Well, it did. I mean, it wasn't pertaining to this, but it was all about ductwork. But but this, for this, we're talking about having an air barrier, which I usually show in blue, and a vapor barrier, which is in red. And, you know, whatever. And and let, let's take a moment and talk about those two things because mm-hmm. probably if you're on Green Building Advisor, you've heard this to death. But there's a real difference between vapor barrier and air barrier. Air yep. barrier, you're trying to you're trying to block air intrusion from the outside you're trying to not you're, you're trying to basically seal your house off from from an air pressure air pressure standpoint so the vapor barrier you're trying to seal your house off from a vapor standpoint vapor being a gas the water molecule in, in a gas form and basically you've got vapor pressure on the inside of the house if it's warm on the inside cold on the outside it's going to move from hot to cold and you want to keep that moisture out of your wall assembly so in most cases you have a vapor barrier on the warm side of the wall, and you've got an air barrier on the cool side of the wall. And where you get in trouble, Phil, is where those assemblies, like I'm thinking about where your joists are resting on the wall, mm-hmm. where, where basically basically where, where different systems are coming together, that little line that of barrier could get lost, and that ends up being where air comes in and out. So if you trace it and you, and you see, aha, we need a continuous bead of caulk here, or we need a continuous gasket along this line, or we're gonna use our sheet rock as the air barrier, or vapor barrier, mm-hmm. then, then you have to be thoughtful about that, diligent, and make sure that the building crew knows that too. Well said. All right. And we've got some nice, nice graphics to accompany this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, well, yeah, in the slide, I've got an example of something you do too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, number two. Raise your glass. That's right. Cheers, buddy. Yeah. So we should be paying very close attention to the windows and the performance numbers in those windows. I think we, we most people who are listening to this don't take for that for granted. Right. Um, but there are n- numbers that you should pay attention to closely and understand specifically what they mean. Solar heat, co- solar heat gain mm-hmm. coefficient, U factor, and uh, visible transmittance are the three that that I think we usually speak of Yeah, very um, often. Very often. Uh, and uh, for us, being mm-hmm. in the cold climate, so heat gain coefficient's a big deal because if we're trying to do a passive house, for example, mm-hmm. um, or uh, even a passive solar house, you need that heat gain. And so you need to know that that um, you know on the south side you want that heat to come in and um, boy I wish we could go back in time and redo our uh, windows podcast in fact we will redo it yeah we should day. do that um, because back then that was European windows were very very new right I remember I mentioned Bonneville as one of the projects you know used in one of my projects I'd never use them again and they don't exist well so no, you can't. no they do exist they got bought out by another right. company so they do exist but they don't warranty certain products oh course. I know Chris because I have them in my house oh that's right yeah. I forgot you have them in your house oh wow and how are they doing dummy though? how are they doing they're doing fine although a few need repairs yeah. it's not so easy to come by the parts yeah those guys um, suck I'm yeah. sorry Bonneville yeah, whatever. Don't use those guys. Okay. And if, they, if they have a problem, they can call me and when, and I'll tell them why. You know, they say, oh, but we're not the same window company. Yeah, well, the same name. And if you're dumb enough to buy that same name, I'm sorry. China. That's the, it's the booze talk. You were burned. No, I was burned. I was burned. My client was burned. That's a thing. So, so I'm, I'm mad about it. I, and, I hear you. It makes, there's nothing worse. I know. You're right. Um, solar heat gain coefficient essentially goes from zero to one. 
Yeah. You know, we look for above a pint, point 0.5 if you're trying to get a high solar heat gain that's coefficient yeah. because you're you're trying to bring in that that heat and trying to offset your heating right. loads. You know, sometimes you don't want to do that. Like, uh, but yeah, so like if we were in Florida, we would want a low, a low cause solar heat gain coefficient. Right. We're in a, a nothing but cooling we climate. We're to stop that. And, uh, and I tell you what, when you get to 0.6 or higher, uh, you're in fading furniture territory again, guys. You're back almost to single pane glass. I mean, that's impressive. Right. So that, that takes some glass technology of uh, coatings that are, you know, use what, platinum and I don't, I don't know. And you got to be careful with some of those too, because then you have to deal with overheating. Uh, right, right. And, uh, and they're not cheap. So you, you use them effectively. Mm-hmm. Where you can. All right. So this is not a Windows podcast. We'll go into it more, but yeah. But look at look at your numbers. Also, know there are, there are different kinds of glass. Cardinal makes a whole, a, a whole plethora of different glass. I don't know if plethora is the right word. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. Plethora it's more of a handful. Handful of glass. I mean, and not not too long ago they were just doing. You know, they were selling glass. The same same window was being sold in Florida as it was in Maine, and that was very frustrating to the likes of you and I. But they're getting smarter. So, so if you want to be, if you don't want to be a sprout, then pay attention to your glass. And it's, a window is not just a window. That's right. And I will I will end it with 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 this, Chris, is that if you're still on the edge of whether or not to specify triple glazing, you, if you're still afraid to say that to your clients, it's yeah. like getting caught in your throat. Yeah. Because you think they're going to get mad at you because it's going to be expensive. Um, just just be bold about it. Say, listen, if you want to save money, why don't we go to single glazing? Yeah, you've said that before. Yeah. And it's always like, a, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Just just do it because it makes sense. Yeah. And hey, energy models help anyway. But yeah, we'll, get, we'll get to that too. So three. Don't cross that bridge when you come to it. That's right. Um, we're talking about thermal bridging, of course, here, mm-hmm. guys. So, uh, And, you know, if you imagine 20% of your wall is probably structural stuff holding up other stuff, you know, if 20% of it is wood studs, um, that's 20% of your wall that's not insulation. And if you have that connected to your sheathing and connected to your sheetrock on the inside, boy, that is 20% of your wall that is working against you. That is a thermal bridge, you know? And it's more than just your wall. It's also your your floor joists, your sheathing, all that jazz. So come up with some details and, you know, you don't need to take it from us, uh, you know, directly. I mean, there's strapping on the outside, there's strapping on the inside, there's... Uh, wrapping the whole building in a continuous, you know, exterior insulation. And, you know, where, where I find that, that a lot of rookies make the mistakes have to do around the windows and the rim joists. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to, to do a little wall section and say, hey, look, I did it. Yeah. I got double stud or I've got rigid insulation on the yeah. outside, but then they blow. Now stick a window in stuff. it. Yeah. So that's where you need to be careful and, and pay attention to it. Well, you know, look at your details. Look at all your joints. Right. Because from here on out, every house that you do, you're going to be looking at those details. Right. And I think in our slideshow, we've got uh, a couple of photos that I think I took on the way down to Nessie, the Nessie conference mm-hmm. of, you know, snow melting where, you know, on the outside, you can actually see the, the, um, yeah. you know, the rafters on the outside. I like to call it lines of failure at 24 inches on center. Beautiful, you Phil. Know, it's just... Did you come up with that? I did. Oh, you are the man. Every now ah. and then I... I score one. Yeah, that's good. Even a stop clock tells the right time <laughs> twice a day. All right, what we got for number four, Chris. Number four: belts, suspenders, and clean underwear. Redundancy and redundancy. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and basically, by that, you, 
you know, um, I was always taught your building will fail. It will fail, just like you're going to die, Phil. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're, <laughs> I'm a little sad. You know, it's okay. I try not to think about it. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Yeah. The building, every building you've ever made is going to crumble and be dust yeah. later. So deal with it. The whole planet's going to be consumed in a big ball of fire and our sun's going to expand. And don't worry. you got 50 million years or whatever. But so what I'm saying, Phil, is your building's going to fail. And what you want to do is make sure that that it can draw. It, it it can it can it can be resilient enough to take that failure. I feel a little angry that you told me my place to fail. Right now. <laughs> well, uh, here I'll I'll speak. I'll, uh, hey, everybody, my buildings are going to fail one day. No, it's just it's just a, it's just the nature. You you build your house. Or you build your buildings not to fail, and you build them to deal with a failure when they do fail. Yeah. Um, so, and what are we talking about? We're talking about, um, like, we're talking about simple things, like... Yeah, just simple things, like getting your flashings right. Right. You know, flashing your window properly. Right. Like, sometimes... Uh, lapping things positively. Right. Well, I'll have a head flashing, and then a flashing under that, you know, at the window... Uh, you know, like the trim, you know, the siding comes down and at the trim we've got flashing and then, you know, the window itself has flashing. So it's like these layer, these built up layers of redundancy that we have. Mm-hmm. Rain screens, you know, that's part of this. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Exactly. You, you design a system to keep the water out and then you design a system to drain the water when it does get in. Mm-hmm. Overhangs. Overhangs, the oh. simplest thing in the world. And you know what? We argue in the office, uh, my business partner and I, because, you know, he... Harry likes the sleek look, doesn't he? Loves... Jesse likes the sleek look. I he know. Okay. Overhead. You get it all the time. These 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 beautiful architectural things where it's just like this gable. Damn it's, architect. It's like we take this this house form of the gable and then we just, you know, just like these super clean edges. And, and I, you know, I love it and I respect those clean edges and pure forms and I'm like yeah and you just aged the building 20 years yeah. just by boom just didn't even there was a reason why we put them there in the first place exactly uh, vernacular architecture looks the way you gotta respect it even though we as architects kind of like to fight it that's right but that's what it is yeah just relax and make it look good yeah alright okay number five group hug group hug get off me Phil stop hugging me aka <laughs> don't wait to integrate don't wait to integrate. Get your group together right away. Uh, if we're going to make great buildings, we got to do them together. We have to have everyone at the table day one. We've spoken about all these things, yeah. Chris, but even in small projects, if you can get your client and your builder, yeah. and your architect, and then your some of your top subs. Yeah, some people bring... At the same time. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Some people bring builders on at certain points, but but the, you know, the real point is... You gotta bring them in before, before it's too costly to start making these changes. That, you know, from the inputs that they could actually give you. If you're an architect out there thinking you know everything and the builder should do whatever you drew and just shut up and do it, uh, you're gonna be served a big slice of humble pie one day. Because um, we're all, I mean, I've learned great stuff from builders. I don't know about you, Phil. I do, uh, all the time. We yeah. learn great things. You know, and, and and if you think, hey, my design is going to be hurt by involving these people. Early on, then you're not a good architect. No, you got a real problem. I'm serious. Yeah, I am too. You know, you know, get your damn ego out of the way. Yeah. And say I can, I can design something beautiful with parameters. If you can't, 
you shouldn't be in this profession. That's right. All right, so do the right things first. Team up with your people. There's cost implications. There's performance implications. There's there's everything. So yeah, and and I love having the subs involved. Um, if you've got a you know like before the pour of the concrete, or especially if there's a finished slab that's going to be. Uh, you know the the actual floor finish having a meeting with everyone involved in that and saying look guys you know seriously no coffee on this job no you know or or maybe not so strict but it's like you know this this slab is precious Mm -hmm. you mess it up you've been warned so all right number six phil do your modeling before the runway nice yeah yeah we like this slide because we put it up and we're like look at that that's a good-looking be- spreadsheet. That's right. No, and what we're talking about there... That course, is a hot a hot. Oh, my God. That. Yeah, look at the solar gain on that oh, one. Oh, man. Beautiful. Anyway, uh, no, we're talking about, about learning what your what your house is going to do before you actually, you know, do it. Um, energy models are important, and they're a great, effective tool. And, um, you know, usually it's... If you don't do it in-house, I bet you bet there's companies out there that can do it uh, for you for a reasonable price. And it's a pretty easy sell for us to convince our clients that, hey, you know, for maybe $1,600, $2,000 even, mm-hmm. uh, you can get, you can team up with a, you know, a company that will get you energy certified, energy star certified, sorry. But you'll get a REM rate model, which will help us, you know, choose the mechanical systems. Uh, you'll get... Uh, inspections midway through and final blower door test and maybe a mid uh, construction blower door test but basically you have you have a sense of where you're headed with your energy performance of your house and you can play the cost offset game Phil yeah yeah can I tell you a dirty little secret Chris oh yes you know maybe this is the best maybe this is not for the sprouts okay right okay all right sprouts Go do something else. We just want to talk to the real green guys. We, we still do our en- an energy model for yeah. every project. Yeah. We're not doing them as early now. When are you doing We're them? doing these to double check. Oh, yeah. Most yeah. of the time yeah. now, it's not affecting what we do because we've done enough of these that we have a really good sense of where we're headed to the point where the only difference it's going to make is the size of the heat pump. Yeah. That's it. We just may have to size it a little differently. We know how much glass we need on the south. We know if it's a different orientation, then we're probably going to have to pay attention to it in a different way. Yeah. We still do it. But if you do all these other right things, right, actually it matters a little less. No. How do you feel about that? I feel... No. I can't tell you something. Yes. Just between you and me, just, okay? All right. Just you and me. And, Let's okay. just... Whisper, just whisper to me. I'm almost the same way. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. No, I mean, intuition gets you... I, I say this to my clients. Intuition gets us, like... Intuition and experience mm-hmm. gets us about 95% of the way there. And then the other 5% is... is it's fit- pure bullshit. Well, no. <laughs> but it's... But it's fit- like, like, right now, right now, yeah. I have clients who... They want to twist the, 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 the project to face more west mm-hmm. because that's where the view is. Mm-hmm. And... We will be playing the game of, as you face west, you know, and seriously, it's like, yeah. it, you know, as you rotate west, you're going to lose efficiency. But how much? You know, we with an energy model, we can answer this. We can rotate 10 degrees. Yeah. That's going to cost you $200 a year. Right. And you can see, all right, so we're going to be worried about overheating a little bit more now. Right. Got more glass to the west. Exactly. Now we can know these things. Right. So is it worth, is your view worth... $200 a year. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. 
then yes. boom. And, right. and so that's their answer, and they right. get it. Or is, is your view worth $1,200 a year? Maybe, I mean, you know, right. this but, much but, more but, of the But view. you can be smart, and you could go into this and answer oh, yeah. it with yeah, yeah, really yeah. intelligently. And yeah, with gut instinct and all that stuff. That's it's really good, and you look really damn smart. Right. But I'll, I'll throw in for, hey, the uh, the existing house that you're doing renovations to, yeah, Angie Mollen can really help because you get an audit of the existing structure, and that helps. All right, let's move on, buddy. Number seven. Bigger is not better. What do you mean by that, Phil? A.K.A. Toe dipping will leave you all wet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. Do we over clever ourselves? Yeah. On that one? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. That's a little too much. But anyway, so tell, tell us about that. All right. So the toe, the, the toe dipping problem is something that I'd like to believe is going on less and less these days, but I'm not 100% sure. It, you know, it, no, I think it does. And, and that's, that's, that's like... Um, you know, you hear about you want to be green, so let's. Uh, well, sure, let's let's put on a, a layer of insulation on the outside, That's or right. or let's let's do a, a, a solar panel or two or something like that. Is if you're not actually digging into the, the your house in terms of what you're doing by performance, you you can find this sweet spot we've talked about it before, yeah. where you've re- you've increased the the insulation by so much. That now you can reduce the mechanical systems. That's right. That's when you're the real, real hero. If you don't get to that point, if you say, "All right, I just want better windows, and I want a <laughs> a fancier boiler." Yeah. All right. That's more efficient, and I'm adding insulation. Yeah. And you weren't able to. That was really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not able to actually recoup that by reducing your mechanical system, fired. You're yeah, fired. You're a chump. You're a chump, and you just cost more money. And and now you made it kind of a grumpy client. But if you actually do enough, if you do, stop toe dipping and dive in, and hero, 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 you just right. saved them money. Yeah. And and uh, in the long run, and they love you. And you know, it's the it's it's people who are not doing this is actually it's really hurting the industry it's finally coming around i think people are getting smarter but this is why people say uh i wanted a little green but not too green the the problem is that if you don't go to that next step and 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 get to that level where you can reduce the mechanical system you know it's a problem yeah in trouble all right number eight we're gonna do a full podcast on this chris oh you know what maybe we ought to do let's do it in parts Let's do in parts. I'm looking at the time. We're like 25. So we're, we're into this thing. So let's, let's do part. But don't worry, folks. We're going to post part one and two almost sim- simultaneously so you don't have to wait with anticipation. So, so all right. Let's call this part one. Freshen up the drinks and let's get going, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. That's it for this part of the episode. Be sure to tune in next week for more from the Green Architects Lounge podcast. A quick reminder that our theme music is Zelda's theme from Perez Prado and that the views and drinking habits of the hosts do not necessarily reflect those of the Green Building Advisor. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and keep up the good work.